Hey, everybody. This is Patrick, the Chief Monkey and founder of Wall Street Oasis. Just wanted to first off say thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Second, wanted to make sure for any of you in the market for financial modeling training, remind you that Wall Street Oasis does have some incredible financial modeling training courses, including Excel modeling, financial statement through, you know, linking up the three statements, DCF, valuation, M&A, LBO, um, even more niche courses like 13-week cash flow, venture capital course, real estate modeling, you name it. Go ahead and check them out at wallstreetoasis.com slash courses. Thanks for the support. Hello and welcome. I'm Patrick Curtis, Chief Monkey of Wall Street Oasis, and this is Monkey to Millions, a show where you get a front row seat as I mentor young students and professionals to try and help them break into their dream jobs. In the first cohort, you'll meet four students, all preparing for intense job interviews while trying to also balance a personal life and schoolwork. The goal of this show is to shine a light on the struggles of trying to break into competitive positions with a non-traditional background and to give you a roadmap for your own success. My hope is that as you get to know these four impressive students, you're inspired to dream big. Remember, these are real people and this is their true story. Let's get to it. In this session, I put Victor through a realistic mock interview for a position as an investment solutions specialist with Fidelity. Both of us see this as a great opportunity because it gets him a stable paycheck and drops the hours he's working from 80 plus down to more like 50-ish. This will give him more time to network and actively improve himself with financial modeling training and whatnot. Enjoy. All right, Victor, it's been a while, what, a month or two, a month or a couple months? Uh, six, and a, uh, six and a half weeks. Six seven. and a half weeks. Awesome. So yeah, I'd love for you just to give an update on uh, to myself. And I know I talked with you for about 10 minutes um, last week, but yeah, just I'd love for you to share it. Absolutely. But before I start, how, how are your, how's your throat? I know that you couldn't talk last time. You're awesome. Awesome. Better. I think the big party I had on Saturday night helped me oh. relax. Oh, that's awesome. That's great. Party party means I had like a couple of their friends over with their kids. There were seven kids in our house and like, it was great. That's they just entertained each other and it was just like the adults could sit and just have a few drinks and relax. Nice, so that nice. nice. That's a party, right? Yeah. Seven kids. Nice. Huge party. Um, I think I stayed up past <laughs> midnight for like the first time in like months. That's <laughs> anyway. awesome. That's yeah. awesome. So I just want to kind of give you a quick recap. Uh, last time I think we talked was uh, uh, early April, and I told you I had, uh, again, since the start of this year, I had some personal problems that I kind of had to put in order to kind of figure it out. I'm coming to basic closure on that. I'm kind of uh, 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 solving that. I'm very close to the solution. It's almost done. Um, uh, because of my contract job that I found, most of them are like a minimum wage jobs, but in like a we talked about as a corporate dishwashing kind of job. They teach you one or two things and you kind of basically, you know, do the few functions uh, for the big firms. Um, uh, so I was kind of trying to make the ends meet by working for a bunch of jobs. And you're uh, working you how many hours that, a week? You were working uh, 80 plus hours? 80 plus hours, yeah. 80 and plus hours a week you're doing, but you're only getting paid, what, like 15 bucks an hour? 15, $16 an hour, yeah. Yeah, so you're, you're struggling to... Yes. Okay. So yes. tell me a little bit about just, yeah, what did you do? So you told me about like the kind of looking into the LinkedIn, looking into the, um, you know, networking and talking to people and starting somewhere because you, uh, you told me that uh, maybe we need a kind of different perspective. 
find a job that you can actually work 40 to 50 hours and you have that you know quite a large amount of time if i'm doing like 90 hours that is like a 40 hours which i can put into work uh, get the wso courses done you know um do other networking events get my technical skills up to the level because coming from one work having like 25 minutes eating and trying to do that and going to work coming it's just a uh, learning process is basically broken down and if there is no focus and if you're too tired, it's just, uh, you cannot learn that way. Yeah. You're not valuing I, your time at $16 an hour enough for yes. You're not going to get anywhere if you stay in that rut. Um, true, true, yeah. true. So I took your advice to heart with a little bit of luck or a little persistence. I found few people and some, uh, one of, the, one of them actually, uh, his son was working for fidelity. So uh, he had introduced us and we kind of got connected uh, out here. Uh, the guy is actually in California, but his son was living in Utah. So okay. I, yeah, I went to meet him and I, uh, we, I, he sat down and we talked, I asked a few questions. He talked about how he started as a sales representative when he was straight out of college. I think he was 21 or something like that. Mm -hmm. And he got promoted seven times. Now he's making $220,000 or something like that. Nice. And he's, yeah, about to change the jobs. And he looked at my resume. And again, uh, I told him, like, uh, I have a mentor. Um, his name is Patrick. And he's this founder of the WSO. And he knew because he was looking into, you know, when he was in college, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, he's your mentor? I'm like, yes. He's like, wow, that's awesome. I'm like, yeah, he and I worked on this. And he's, it's his, the, the, uh, the fruit of his labor on my resume. He's like, I, I don't think you would want to work for um, uh, uh, the Fidelity. I don't want to kind of describe the, what's going on in the background. Actually, Fidelity would be just like a lifeline to get out of this rut. Yeah. So I didn't want to say anything. He was expecting me like kind of, hey, you, you have this much experience. You went to Georgetown. You know, why Fidelity? Kind of. He was thinking that. Uh, you, you even know, have like be... Goldman on your resume. Uh, yes. That's so yes, like super yes, impressive, but yes, they don't know yes. what's really going on. Okay. Yes. So, yeah. yes so, how did yeah. you how did you kind of uh, make your way? Because you may have to deal with that on Wednesday. With you, you have an interview coming up. So, you may have to deal with similar types of thoughts of like, why do you even want this? Fidelity. Yeah. So, basically, I, I told him, like, uh, look, uh, ever since I came to the United States, I was always interested in investing in financial markets. I didn't even know I'm gonna to go to college for that. I had like a different ideas. But when I got to Georgetown, I majored in international economics and finance. I, I took lots of financing classes. I uh, my most of my internship was uh, strictly was dealing with the financial markets. Even the consultant uh, internship that I did it was mostly in the financial analysis, financial you know industry. And uh, um, one thing that Fidelity attracted me that it actually starts you from the scratch. It kind of strips you all, all kind of like, you know, ranks and, you know, all this like uh, uh, you got, went to Georgetown, they don't care. They provide with you with the tools and they ask you to take this series seven and 63. And if you are a good student, which I believe that I am, if you pass those tests, they start you with the tools and support system. And then uh, there is almost like a upward mobility is pretty good. And this is not just only guy I talked to, there were a bunch of people that I talked to, the uh, Fidelity, and they all uh, concurred with that notion that it's pretty, it's very much a um, structured environment. They have few things that they need you to do. And if you do them well, 
uh, you actually move up uh, in the company very fast. And it's also something that- This role, yeah. this role you're applying for is like asset management, is it like uh, for private wealth? Uh, like? It is It is like investment solution representative. And it. I think there are two things. There is a high net worth individuals and also the this um, institutional investors along with the companies. So I think you get to choose the track. You can mix them up. You can, I, this is what I'm actually trying to do, maybe mix them up a little bit but they will kind of uh, come to you with that, uh, I think somewhere midway in the six month, because first 10 weeks is just the training. They need you kind of, they pay you to get you uh, uh, license seven and six to three. Yeah. And yeah. no other company does that. And if you have them, yeah, if you have them, you can actually get, if you do well, they start poaching you, other companies start poaching yeah. you. So they want to lock you in. So for at least about a year and a half, you have to work for them, which is fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. And the base isn't that high. It's like, 50 or 40 something, whatever, but it's got 54,000, something like that. Yeah. But at least it gives you time. Cause then you're probably only doing 40 to 50 hours a week, 50 hours a week. And that extra 10 hours is you put it like a time and a half. So, and um, that will oh, be, great. yeah, it's about 60,000, which is great. Yeah. You know? Um, so I, I have extra that 30 hours that I can put into WSO and other personal development things. Values your time. I love it. Okay. And so are you thinking of staying in Utah, going to California? What's the thought? So the job uh, is based out of Utah and it's 50-50. I'll be at the office 50% of the time, other 50% of the time. And office is basically, if it's a high net worth individuals or I'm seeing a representative like uh, institutional investors or the companies, kind of have to travel a little bit, yep. but it's like within the city. It's not like across the state. Got Same okay. go to California too. But um, uh, so far, I'm kind of planning to stay here for about a year, year and a half to kind of learn the basics, get the ropes down. And of if course. I wanted to kind of move into California, once I have the like a, knowing that I've spent at least seven months, then I can transfer. And by that time, I hope, I'm hoping that. Yeah, this I actually have, might be a really good fit for you. I think given that you're a little bit older too, yeah. it's actually an advantage to be a little bit older in this industry. Yeah. Because it's like normal respect comes with that. Like people, oh, you know, I see. Like coming out of college, it's very hard to people like to feel comfortable. I see. Ever man? I mean, not that you're going to be managing money like right away, yeah. but yeah. like given the age you are, you could actually get see yourself get promoted pretty fast. Um, so tell me a little bit. So I guess you have an interview for this coming up Wednesday. Uh, it was Thursday, so one last screen on the phone. This is with the I think the the manager because they uh, had the screen interview. I passed that. Then they send you this like assessment has two parts, skills, like a basic math reading. It was not that hard. It was some medium, you know, difficult to kind of measure if you know how to, the numbers work and you understand the text and you kind of come up like, with the solutions. And the second part of it, like, uh, I think- And you pass part. that? You pass that second part, the assessment? Yeah, both of them. All, yeah. All both. Okay. yeah. Uh, so on this uh, uh, Thursday, it's going to be another interview. I think uh, fifth, it's not an interview, more of like a phone conversation with a um a hiring manager and then i'm gonna go to the office i think sometime next week they haven't told me exactly the day yet uh it'll be the final interview fun based no. on what i've heard based on what i've heard i don't want to like a jinx it but based on what i've heard they like love my resume they love my uh, background and uh, the guy who actually introduced me to them he basically hyped me up so much. It is like a comment from the internal thing. So they just pulled my resume out. And that is thanks to you because I apply a bunch of places. I have not heard anything. And based oh, on you one know, shot, is, yeah. 
That's all you know. And that's, that wasn't even that much networking for me. That was like, you know, the first 10 messages. Yes. Yes. I actually was first 10 messages because I couldn't send any more because of the job or whatever time I can find. And he got back to me and uh, the rest is kind of a story. So I'd love to do, you sent me a list of uh, fidelity interview questions yes. that kind of what to yeah. expect. So I'd love to do yeah. like a little mini mock interview now, and then cool. I can kind of take notes while you're talking. Please. And then kind of tell you where I think you might need a little bit more or a little bit less. Cause I don't want to leave anything that even though it sounds like you have a, you have a good inside track to getting this, I don't want to leave it to chance. I want to have you ready and comfortable and coming in there. Awesome. Um, so let's, do you mind jumping straight into yeah. that? Yes. Let's do that. All right. Yes, so, um, I'm looking, writing them down right now. The six questions. Okay. We'll just go through these six. Um, cause obviously this is probably what they're going to ask you or something similar. <clears throat> All right. So, Welcome, Victor, uh, to to your uh, quick informal chat with us. Just wanted to learn more about you. I'd love it if you could just start by just walking through your resume. Give me a little bit of background of yourself. Absolutely. I'll start from my educational background. I recently graduated Georgetown University. I majored in international economics and finance, and I minored in uh, French. I uh, moved to Utah at the end of graduation. And uh, although I had a job uh, offered, but due to pandemic, most of the jobs they uh, offered, they actually resigned and offered, they pulled offer. Uh, after a few months, I landed a job uh, as a contractor in Goldman Sachs, and I've been at Goldman Sachs ever since. Um, I, as uh, part of the credit and risk team, I'm basically assessing and evaluating the company's credit uh, riskiness. And uh, based on that assessment, I let my supervisors and uh, managers know uh, if the company is uh, uh, good to go. If not, they require a secondary review. That's basically the bulk of what I do at Goldman Sachs these days. It's one of the uh, major function. Uh, before Goldman Sachs, I had few uh, internship. I had to one or two consultant internship and uh, two financial uh, private equity and the Morgan Stanley uh, internship. Um, I would say uh, about 95% of what I've done in internship is directly related to the financial industry. Um, uh, I was either in uh, uh, in the team of uh, the debt instruments or we did a uh, uh, overall like a competitive uh, um, health of the companies when I was working with a consultant company. Um, but uh, majority of the work I've done based around my um, education, it, I would say it pretty much overlapped. Great. Um, sorry, I'm just taking quick notes. Okay. Um, great. So why are you interested in Fidelity? So uh, there are a few reasons. One of the reasons, uh, the Fidelity, that I uh, got to talk to a few people. One of them uh, is Dan Bronner. Other one is uh, Kevin Kraut. And uh, they both have been at the firm a little over five, six years. And a few things that I've learned, not just based on the research or Google or Glassdoor, but actually talking to people face to face. Um, they told me that uh, uh, they start you off with the great tools at your disposal. And if you're a, a good, hardworking person and they just want to succeed, and if you apply yourself, if you get those licenses done, uh, there is a, a huge upward mobility in the company. And if you show your capabilities, uh, leadership and technical skills, uh, within very few short months, you can actually move up very fast. Uh, and that comes with a great pay raise, that comes with a great benefits. And then also the training outside the Fidelity, they uh, have the tuition uh, reimbursement. They also help you out with your um, uh, 
the, the debts that you incurred during the college years, uh, if you had the federal loans and stuff like that, after six months, they start paying that as well, helping to pay that too. That was another perk for me. And also um, transfer. If any state that you want to go after working in one firm, you can easily transfer to different regional centers, which was another appeal to me because I uh, really like that, that you have that flexibility. It's not just uh, located in one place and you, you don't have the option to move. So there are a the few reasons that fidelity really appeals to me. That's great. Um, okay, and then so specifically, um, sounds like you've had some roles at Goldman. How have you handled, you know, tough, tough situation with your boss or tough customers? And what was the last time, you know, um, you solved, you know, solved the problem like that? Um, so I will give you two examples, one from recent Goldman Sachs experience and another one from the, uh, I would say, early experience when I actually I had the face-to-face handle a issue with the customers when I was working internally at a consulting company. Um, so uh, as you know, when the pandemic hit, everything became virtual and it was hard to kind of uh, conduct a training. And uh, due to technological issues, we always had, uh, even at Goldman, I really was floored that, that they would have these issues too, but there was always some kind of technical issues. And uh, sometimes the emails would get sent and uh, certain access to certain systems wouldn't work. But uh, since I was in charge of kind of assessing, evaluating and pushing that uh, forward, that uh, piece of, uh, that part of the, uh, you know, the action, it wouldn't get taken place. And I would get angry calls first from my supervisor, then with the VP would jump in the call and I have to kind of walk them through and kind of calm everyone down. And the client would be on the other side talking to the VP and it was an internal client. So I had to kind of make sure that first I explain uh, the situation very calmly, listen to their, uh, their complaints, listen and understand them well, then explain step by step what went wrong. You said there, and, you said there was technical issues. What do you mean by that? In terms of setting up calls or setting up like access to certain systems? Setting up just access to certain systems. So why would the pandemic impact that though? I don't know. Uh, so because uh, um, you didn't have access, straight access to the technical people, or if it would be hard, they would be always uh, away from their desk and it had, they had to push some kind of button for you to kind of, let's say you got a, a bunch of uh, uh, entities that come along and you have to uh, evaluate them. But for you to evaluate them, the some, let's say, uh, CI department, they have to push that to, your, to me as a COT, which is their credit department. If they haven't done their work, I can't do my work. And for me to access that, they have to access that. But uh, my supervisor only would see their part of the, my part of the process not being done. So I had to kind of calm them down saying that I'm working on him. I'm on the phone with the CI guys who are working on it. Give us 10, 15 minutes. We're kind of uh, working through this. I think two things that I learned at first, uh, you got to first listen. If you jump and talk, uh, it doesn't go well. You got to listen to everything they have to say. They kind of get the the things out of their chest and their system, then you kind of uh, break it down step by step. You got to give the solutions that you understand and acknowledge a problem and here are the solutions and you kind of, you know, walk them through the solutions. And the other one, uh, the example, when I was uh, intern at the Upman Boulangerie, we had an issue with a, um, it was an NGO uh, uh, that asked us to kind of determine the price, the uh, capability of their raising their services, whether it's worth to raise a price or not. Uh, it was, uh, I think, Friday night, and everyone was kind of looking forward to go to that, um, uh, you know, um, company, uh, uh, sponsor, company finance, the happy hours. 
And uh, my team lead, he left early without telling me that if he has done the work or not, if it's finished. And uh, it wasn't his fault when everyone was kind of worked that very many hours that week. And uh, I got on a call my third day at the company. Uh, I had no idea half of the time what they were asking me to do, what they were talking about. But I just kind of listened, took notes and uh, made sure that to kind of explain that it was taken care of by, uh, by the first thing in the morning. So uh, when I went to the um, happy hours, I, without, you know, letting the manager know because I didn't want my team lead to kind of get into trouble, uh, I kind of, you know, relayed him all the information. We came back and he showed me the system. So first thing in the morning, I came earlier, like around seven o'clock before everybody showed up. I fixed it. And by the time the manager came, they checked and we got on the phone um, and the problem was solved. That's great. I like that. Um, what about feedback you don't agree with? What if you get, to, how do you handle that? So feedback portion, it is, it is tough. You know, if you kind of think that you're doing uh, right and whether it's some kind of uh, think that it, whether the tool has not been uh, provided to you or there was some kind of issue, um, I think uh, the very first thing would be that uh, you've got to identify what is the source of it and what is that you don't agree with. Because uh, if you can kind of identify, say that, well, um, uh, I, I see your point, I understand where you're coming from, but these are the things I'm missing, and this is why I couldn't do this. Uh, is there any way we can kind of, uh, uh, you know, supply this kind of resource, whether it was a time from work or get an extra help from someone? If they are handling, uh, I'm here, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm assuming that you kind of have to like, uh, put in the work, it comes without assumption. So if that's the case, then we, it would be probably a uh, not a good idea to kind of not to uh, you know uh, disagree with the feedback. But if there's some kind of resource that has not been supplied to you, I would say again, make sure that it is a uh, clear cut and definite what it is that you're asking for. And if uh, there is any chance or capability for that person that you know uh, clearly supply that, whether it's uh, in any form of help in, ter in terms of time or in terms of any kind of resources or access to certain systems and in your training uh, so that next time around, so you can actually step-by-step. Step you're you're just trying to talk it out, basically. You can uh, you're communicating, but making sure that you have like a, uh, action steps in plan. So next time you won't face it. But if it's like a, my problem was always that when it's vague and ambiguous to do a better job, I don't know what that means. Yeah. So I, I would actually kind of ask questions saying that, uh, doing better job means doing a lot less time or doing it differently or, you know, answering three phone calls instead of five phone calls, whatever the case might be. Uh, that would you say would, that's a strength of yours? I would think so. I would say so. Yes. What about some other strengths and do you have a couple others? Yes. I'm a very good student. I'm very determined. I love learning any kind of learning, whether it's physical or mental. I enjoy the process of learning. I know it's frustrating. Um, uh, but once you kind of get uh, to certain plateau, once you kind of, your, your brain kind of wires and it gets the, uh, past a certain like a frustration point, it is enjoyable. And I uh, found out that uh, once you have the system in place for learning, you can learn anything. And then I, I mean anything, you know, of course, given your genetics, you cannot, I cannot dunk, you know, basketball, but most things in life that can be learned through that process. So I love learning. That is one. Are you of sure my you strength. look pretty tall. Are you sure you can't talk? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't. I tried. I'm, I'm okay basketball player, but I'm, I cannot dunk. I what, what about uh, weaknesses or stuff you're working on? Tell me about like where you feel like you could learn the most. 
Absolutely. First thing I would say is just um, my not having the uh, licenses because I know most people apply to these jobs. They already have either seven or six to three. But what I have is a plan in place. I know the company is actually helping people to you know, um, uh, study and take care of the exam. Since I know how to study, one thing that Georgetown and military taught me well is how to study for certain things. And uh, that kind of makes me, uh, puts me at ease that I will get it done. Um, second thing uh, is from the military time, they train you very much uh, on paying attention to details. And we get to kind of sometimes miss this big picture. We kind of be in the floor, get stuck in the tiny little details, making everything correct. But sometimes we kind of see that uh, the bigger picture is uh, different. You might actually not, uh, you might get actually stuck on certain details that you do not have to. You can actually, it doesn't need to be perfect. So it, it can be okay once you hit the certain standards. Uh, one thing I have employed in the past was to kind of either talk to a colleague or the person who's actually in charge of the project, whether it's my teacher, instructor, or person who gave the project and regularly check in with them so that I know that uh, if I'm kind of uh, running off course, uh, they can kind of bring me back and making sure that I'm staying with the, you know, the bigger picture. Details are important, but sometimes uh, the tendency uh, that uh, I- has that, I has that cost you ever? Like where you were kind of stuck in the details as an example? Uh, very, very first internship. And I learned from that. And from that on, I would never make that mistake again. I, 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 it was my very first internship. I, I was working at the Eisner Capital. And they told me to kind of go find this uh, was food company about everything that you, you can. But the point was that to make that two page presentation, the very most important thing. And I came up with like a 50 plus pages and it was like a, by the end of the day, I didn't know what to put there. So I, under that time crunch, if I worked with a little smartly understanding that this is a big picture, they won't actually the highlights, not every little detail that uh, what the company bought seven years ago, 10 years ago, none of that would have mattered, but it was, I was enthusiastic and I just kind of, um, but from then on, I learned that um, at, there is like certain interval, at a certain interval, you have to check in with your uh, manager, with your supervisor, whoever is giving you that task. So what do you, you think understand. is the right interval for that? Uh, uh, so it depends on the length of the project. It's a weekly project, then probably about a day or two. If it's just by the end of the day, I would say about every couple hours making sure that you kind of uh, you know, check in for just 10 minutes, say, I'm at this point, am I missing something? Is there anything else? Am I on the right track? Or do you need me to kind of go completely different track? Instead of, um, I waited the, towards the end when the uh, clients were coming to office. So we had to kind of put all hands on deck and they, 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 uh, they covered me and I appreciate that. But from that experience, I learned that I will never make that kind of mistake ever again. What do you see, you see yourself doing in three to five years? Um, uh, I'm hoping that I get to uh, have all the licenses uh, that allows me to become a financial consultant in the company. And I, um, I always want to work in financial industry. Uh, uh, in three to five years, I hope that I become uh, the, uh, at least a senior consultant in company, which is what I was told that is very doable. And do you know what the senior consultants, what they're spending their days on? Yes. What do you they, like? They, what do you know? What do you know about the job in particular? The, the person that I've talked to, it's they basically create their own book of businesses, and they go uh, based on the the clients they've had in the past, and based on their knowledge and the expertise that they've gathered over the years, they go basically uh, increase the book of sales. They go to talk to clients. Those clients, inc you know, introduce them to some other clients, so they bring businesses to company. It's like a one-on-one -on -one sales job, so you don't have to do much of. And I think. 
no matter what the industry is, it's a, it's a PE shop, it's a, a hedge fund shop, or it's a, uh, even an investment bank. And as you kind of move up, your technical skills uh, matters a lot less. It doesn't, it, it doesn't mean that it doesn't matter, but you become a more of a salesperson. The amount of business you bring in the company, the more you get uh, compensated, the more successful you become. So um, uh, that's what I have set my eyes on. Because it's a very transferable skill, whatever. If you transfer from one company to another company, you, even you go to become a uh, consultant on some, some other level, uh, what you need to do to be able to kind of sell. And those skills can be learned like, uh, on the job, especially with a company like Fidelity. So time out for a second. Is it, this yes. job is really for, um, you're managing money, right? Eventually, like you're, you're helping. Eventually, eventually, yes. Because but now you're, you're yeah. initially starting as support. For the, I, it is uh, so. I thought I'm applying for a financial representative, but this is like a one step above that. So what I don't have called? to. Uh, the new job, the one yeah. I'm applying to, yeah. it is called investment solutions. Investment solutions. So it's for for is it institutional grade clients and stuff like that instead institutional of institutional grade clients. Yes, yes. So either, high, either stuff, high net worth or or institutional. Yes. Got it. Okay, so that's good. Um, so, so I thought I would be stuck with the phone service, and which was fine too. But they kind of gave me a step up. And so, are you managing people like that, or what are you doing for? Uh, at first, no. At first, no. But after that, I think yes. Once you learn the job, you kind of have to kind of you have about two to three financial representatives. They okay. said you work with them, but I think they work for you, kind of. Thing. Yeah, got it. Okay, so tell me a little bit about. Um, just the the stock market and you know do you know do you actively trade in your own pa uh i was doing uh okay i mean okay is a kind of a bit of a stretch uh at the beginning of the year 2020 and uh i was uh, looking into a few stocks that i was uh, trying to kind of uh buy i had a uh stock uh of uh, netflix from the earlier days um i had a one stock uh, i um managed to buy uh, um, uh, Amazon in 2017, but it took me a lot of money and I'm kind of happy with that. So uh, I, I wouldn't say I'm an active trader, but I do have an active interest and uh, not being an tra active trader, I think it stems from one reason only. I was a student first that I didn't have enough money to be able to have that kind of capacity risk taking. And then then pandemic happened, that risk kind of evaporated totally. <laughs> because I didn't have a job for a little while. So I kind of, you know, pulled back, but uh, I would definitely, once I kind of feel that I'm ready, I can't risk, uh, you know, I can't develop certain kind of risk and I will be okay with that. I will, I want to jump back. What kind of, what own. kind of investor do you think you'll, you'll be? Uh, in terms of risk taking or. Yeah. Just or for yourself of, and how you do, how would you kind of uh, manage clients expectations and stuff like that in terms of advising them? So it depends on their age. I would probably, uh, uh, depending on the industry, I would uh, probably balance it out. In certain industries, I would be very aggressive. For example, the robotics, uh, neuroscience, uh, uh, um, um, uh, the, the, the rocketry. Uh, so there's certain things that I know that in about 10 years that there's a, like a, a whole project that's going to grow in healthcare. But certain industries like a, uh, you know, oil, you know, um, uh, the things that actually require a lot of geopolitical analysis that it's not going to be stable, I would be probably very, um, uh, uh, the, I would take a, a lot less moderate risk. I would try to balance it out. Okay. That would be my approach. All right, let's cut it there. That was great. So let's go back to the beginning. Okay, I'm going to take notes while you say. Yes, while please. You, uh, tell me, yes. Just one second. While you go over my questions, I'm going to try to take notes one by one.
So I liked it. I liked your background because you started with school and kind of you went through the internship a little bit. Um, I think for each of the, just try to hit, jump a little bit quicker. So like, um, just hit like, okay, internship, just say what it is, what the company did. Okay. And then move on. Um, you have a little bit of like us. You're doing, I'm you're still saying, uh, uh, you're getting, don't feel like you need to fill the space. I would go through these questions again and actually record yourself doing it and then just watch yourself and then try to do it one more time after that. So do it twice. Once do it, watch it be like, Oh my gosh, I said this like, uh, and then, um, do it another time and you'll probably be able to eliminate at least half of them. And it'll get rid of the arms. Right. So no filler, no filler words. No filler. uh, You know, you know, uh, um, so get rid of, you know, is that because I'm guessing I'm speaking a bit too fast? I probably should slow you're down. A little, yeah, you're a little, you're not crazy fast, but you're a little fast and you feel like you need to fill it quickly. I see. Stop okay. to, you know, practice will also make you more confident so you'll know exactly what you're saying. Um, a little, another thing, uh, body language. Um, you, or you're rocking a little bit sometimes. I know you won't. Uh, it's because feeling. of my chair. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's because of my know, chair. Are you doing it over Zoom like this? Uh, no, 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 I'm going to go into uh, in person. Yeah. yeah, so if you're in a rocking, don't be like, don't uh, so like <laughs> <laughs> little minor things. Um, okay. Yeah. I thought your hand movements were good. Your eye contact was really good. I think um, other than that, that's the only thing. And it was. So, sorry, quick question. By the way, do, do not rock. I probably, I was probably sit like this or just yeah. hand like this or on my like, yeah. feet. Yeah, and yeah just like that or your hands okay. are left just. Sitting up straight, so smiling. I won't I thought, rock. I'm putting it here. I thought overall your body language is great looking. I mean, yeah, you weren't like like this or anything <laughs> crazy. It was very subtle, but like these little things. If people start noticing it, it can it can make it more annoying. Like, um, what else do I have? Um, the why fidelity and number the second question. I thought it was great. You dropped the names right away. Um, the thing I didn't quite like about that is a lot of the reasons you gave to why fidelity. It wasn't really fidelity specific. You name dropped and it said great tools. You can move up very fast. But then you start talking about like pay raise, benefits. So it was like everything was about like how you were going to go up really fast. And I want you to focus more on just the learning aspect of it. Okay. So say focus something like, you know, I, I know there's, you know, I spoke with that. I spoke with that just like you did. The great name dropping. I know they give you the tools to be able to start from scratch, move on, move up, get educated and uh, improve yourself. So like, I think fidelity is a great place to be for this specific role. Um, it's obviously a, a leader in the space. Um, I know I'm gonna be surrounded by really smart people that are gonna be able to tr- teach me and train me. And I know that the opportunities are there for people who are driven, who are smart to, um, to actually move up, you know, and have not, not just great benefits, but just a great learning experience and in a place that I could see- Focus on the learning part every time. More on the learning, less on like the benefits and the pay raise and the, and the fact that they pay your debt and all that stuff. Like that's all good. Yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah. I want you to focus more on the learning and the smart people okay. and stuff. Um, you can say, and then just like, I know you can build a great career here. And um, I think, you know, Fidelity is really great that they invest in their people. Um, blah, blah, blah. Um, what else here? So how do you handle tough customers? I kind of liked your second example better. And when was the last time you solved a problem? I think you talked about how some guy was angry and you took all the notes. You had no clue what was going on in the, in the call. But you notes. I kind of like that one because it visual, the, the story was more vivid to me. Okay. Um, the first one was like, it was like a technical glitch thing and like people couldn't join. It makes it look like it was more like, inc- it makes it look like you didn't 
you messed up more versus oh the, i see like I versus see. the other one like the guy left and you had to jump in fill in I, and you scrambled to make it happen versus in the, the first, first one like you, i couldn't communicate so what happened was the ci guys they didn't do their job and i did not want to throw them under the bus so i kind of had them on the phone other people on the zoom while telling them what's going on so i was covering for them to kind of right. come over situation that but i should have probably communicated that well so if they don't do their stuff on there and i cannot do that but i was the one who was getting yelled at so there was no point kind of finger i don't pointing. even stay, i would even stay away from the like the yelled at thing i i, would I don't just, know i'm telling you i'm telling you no I'm i know i know yeah, yeah so like for like the way you describe it to say you know there were some frustrated customers I see. um though but it just makes you look more polished to me like they I were see. screaming at me or like <laughs> <laughs> like you know like there was screaming by the way there was there was like an angry few people yes. and that's fine you can just say there's they were clearly very you know frustrated blah 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 okay. um because it sounded like the way you were describing it wasn't very good at the beginning it sounded like you were making an excuse that like the technical things didn't work because of the pandemic and you didn't explain it well and so it sounded kind of a little bit like a cop-out so i was like is this guy like you know hiding behind some bullshit i mean because it works whether it's pandemic or not right it should yeah, if the instructions are sent around so you just got to be careful how you set up that story to make it I look see. like a, um, a legitimate story okay. uh for number four how do you handle feedback and you don't agree with um i think you said identify the source which i really liked yeah. you know try to get to the root cause of like um you know why there's some so if there's any constructive criticism on how to improve try to figure out where that's coming from if it's because i don't have the proper tools or whatnot um on all your answers i thought they were all good you're comfortable talking try to just be a little bit structure your answer so they're a little bit more direct because you start going and you're kind of repeating a little bit of yourself you're, you're you're making new points but you're not quite clear like in the sense of you're not like 1.2.3 point um, so try to be a little bit more, and you'll see this when you record yourself. Um, but I thought that was a really good answer, talking about like identifying the source of the issue and um, communication, just be like, you know, communication with any job or just any relationship in general is critical. And I think being able to take constructive criticism is really important, not to take it personally, but then just also try to find the root cause of like, is this because your, your manager is asking for something you're not reading between the lines properly? Um, and trying to be direct about that so that you can kind of try to fix it going forward. Something like more like that. Um, strengths and weaknesses. I love the no licenses thing. Although it's not really a weakness, but it's like, a, hey, I'm coming in. I liked the no licenses saying I didn't have oh. a license, but I know you invest into that. Um, and the paying, the no, the miss the big picture, be a little careful with that. Um, you know, with the military that they pay attention to details. And I liked that it was several internships ago. Uh, it was a good answer with the deadlines and um you know trying to get cram everything every little last detail into this book where they just needed the highlights i think is a good very good example um and the last one was what do you see yourself doing in three to five years um you know ideally you have your licenses you're working as what's the next a senior consultant is the next step up yes after this is consulting and after that, a senior consultant. And typically, how many years between each on there? Uh, about two to five years altogether to get there. Oh, so perfect. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. So, um, ideally, I have my licenses. I'm, you know, a financial consultant at Fidelity. And ideally, um, at that point, either about to get promoted to senior consultant or consultant. Um, and um, at that stage, you know, ideally, you know, I'm bringing in, growing my book of business and, um, and on my way to building a great career. So I think that's fine. And um, in terms of the other stuff around the stock market and stuff like that, you can say, 
you know, I'm not very, I just, I didn't have the money in college and, you know, yeah. with all this which stuff. Which is I true, which is true, you know. Yeah, so I just, just be straight with that. That's fine. So I didn't actively trade. You could say most of my stuff was like ETFs or index funds. Okay. Okay. I would stay away from naming like a Netflix or names because then I see. You, know, you could get a jerk be like, well, tell me what you think about the streaming service. What do you think about this coming into this? Oh, good. Okay. I see. I see. Okay. Cause, cause it is about a market. It is about investing in a market. So they could push you a little bit harder on there. Um, do you know about like inf- what's going on with inflation? What's going on where the market is right now? Uh, with the inflation, I know about what's going on with the market now. You should but probably that day before I go this, I'll probably start reading the Wall Street Journal and get the Financial Times to kind of get a basic idea. Yeah, what's even going start. On. Yeah, even start today. Um, today, okay. Yeah, just to get a sense because you know you don't want to do it the day before. Just try to get a sense of like where the market's trading, what's been going on, what's the what are the themes, what are the big themes. So you can and then read a few articles on those themes so you can actually speak to them intelligently. It doesn't sound like you're fumbling around and BSing too much. Um. But yeah, definitely. I think they just want somebody who's like a hard worker. I think at these levels, it's not like they're they're high. For, I read out undergrad for these, right? Uh, yes, yes. So correct. they're just going to be looking for people who are hardworking. Yes. Um, and have that kind of financial bent. So I think it was good you brought finance back in a few times at the beginning. Um, that's it, man. I thought it was good. I, I thought you're you'd be fine at just these little tiny things. Yeah, I will. No, I will work on them. I will actually. Um, uh, uh, record myself and I go back, make sure that those ums is very important. And I'll make sure that first story I write it out, make sure that it's actually there's a storyline, what happened, and how I jumped in fixing that. Mm-hmm. And I will start reading the um, either Wall Street Journal or both Financial Times. Yeah, or just start it. reading like what's going on in the markets. You can just go online too. Yeah. And just because if they ask you, like they may ask you, like, what do you think of this going on? You don't want to be like, oh, I didn't even know that happened. If it's something oh, big in the news, you don't want to be clueless. Clueless, I see. Yes. Yeah. I would tell you to subscribe to uh, WSO Alpha if it was launched. That's our. That's going to be our investing newsletter. Really? <laughs> Which we're launching. In, yeah, oh, okay. we're launching an investing newsletter in like three weeks. So nice, awesome, good um, news. But there's there's other ones out there that you can look up and maybe that'll help you leading up to the interview. It's Thursday. Uh, next Thursday. Yeah. This Thursday, gonna find I. Next week sometime, let me put it that way. Okay. This Thursday, I have a phone call with the hiring manager. Cool. Uh, the recruiters already passed and all that. And after that, it's just, uh, diff- I think this Thursday, they're going to tell me what time do I need to meet them. And, and it's not a where. Zoom, it's a phone call this Thursday? Uh, this Thursday is just a phone call, yes. It's more of like um, introducing themselves and telling them okay, what to expect as a next step. So I, I wouldn't even call those interviews. Like do, you have any, do you have any questions for me? That's what I should ask at the end. Uh, any questions for you? Yeah. Uh, as a comp- company uh, hiring manager, uh, probably I would ask a little bit of background. How did you get started? And what is it that you like about your day, day job? What is that you don't like? And what, what is the one thing you wish you would know when you started at this position? Something along those lines. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I'd be curious about to hear, like, specifically when you're building your own book, how much do they help you do that? But I don't know if you want to ask that. Because uh, be at this level, at this level, I think I'm kind of you know jumping way over my head here, you know. So they want me to kind of be a team okay. player. And, that's know. fine. I think that's all good. Um, any other questions, thoughts? Um, no, I will keep you um, updated when the things kind of start rolling around. Um, because my contract with the Goldman ends by the end of July, 
and okay. the class the class starts for them at the end of July. So That's it's perfect. Like, it's gonna be yeah, it's gonna be jumping from one to place, which is if that kind of overlaps that way, it's awesome. And from then on, um, once I have like structure, I know this is fifty hours. This is what I'm doing. I want to kind of get back on the you know the session yeah. with you, start doing the WSO, start the next like, yeah the financial the financial modeling financial and networking and all that. Yes, yes, all of that. Yes. Love it, love it. Yeah, this is uh, this is big. Hopefully, you land this. And you know, even if you don't land this, you kind of have a you kind of have a quick early yes. success in yes, your networking. Yes, so yes, you know, yes, you know, yes. hey, yeah. let's try to scratch uh, scratch claw and scratch to find ways to get more of those messages out. The whole whole purpose was that just like you told me to get a job that pays okay, so you have extra time, so you can use that to kind of you know work on the other stuff. Because working three jobs, it's just not fun, not a good way of to kind of building that knowledge base. No, I'd rather work two jobs. One is the job that pays the bills, and the second is you trying to meet more people. <laughs> yes, 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 and improving yes, yourself. Yes. Um, Cool, man. Well, congrats on awesome. the success. Hopefully we can uh, close this one up and you by, by August, you'll be working with Fidelity and getting some stability in there. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for that. And uh, talk to you soon. Talk soon, man. Bye. Yeah. Bye. And thanks to you, my listeners at Wall Street Oasis. If you have any suggestions whatsoever, please don't hesitate to send them my way. Patrick at wallstreetoasis.com. Until next time. Thank you.